There's a lot going on in our story today. It's a really long one. And we cut it in half, and it's still really long. In our story, Jesus is headed back towards Jerusalem in Judea, where folks in charge are really upset with him. He's got teachings and healings that people are really liking. He's got a following. A few chapters before, he was in Judea, and they tried to stone him. Now he's headed back. And he's headed, as the text tells us, to check on Martha and Mary and Lazarus, whom he loves. There's so much richness in this text. We see Jesus greatly disturbed in spirit and moved by grief and loss. We can get with that. We hear it in our text twice and not very many other places in our scriptures. We witness Jesus weeping, which is a true rarity in our text. This is a story with a miracle in it. But if you read like I read, let's get for real. This is one of the original zombie stories. All right, I'm gonna ask you to close your eyes. Those who know me know that I like to do this together. So go ahead, close your eyes. This is participatory sermon. We're gonna put ourselves for just a minute into the story and imagine what it would be like to be Lazarus. If you don't feel safe to close your eyes, I invite you just to lower your gaze. Take a deep breath with me. Imagine your body bound. You can feel strips of cloth on your head, your wrists, your ankles. You can't really move. You can't see. You can't imagine a way out. You really can't imagine seeing the light again. Imagine the most profound darkness you've ever experienced. Maybe you're like me and you're from the country and you know what it's like late at night to not be able to see your hand in front of your face. Or what it's like in the basement when the power's out and you're stumbling around for a candle in the darkness. Imagine not seeing. Keep your eyes closed. In our text today, Lazarus was in the tomb for four days. The silence was deafening and the darkness was complete. And Mar Martha tells us, there was a stench. Take a deep breath. Now imagine someone you love, picture them in your mind, calling out to you to come out of the dark. Come out, come out, come out. Begin to open your eyes. Come out of the dark. Look around you, shake off the binds, notice how free your limbs feel. You are in the light, and you are not alone. Today we're reading John 11 as a story about being in the dark, alone and bound, and about being called out into the light, into community to be set free. This is, a, this is a story about being in the dark. Raise your hand if you're scared of the dark. Don't be bashful. Don't be bashful. Okay, we've got brave ones. All right, put your hands down. 
Now, raise your hand if you've ever been sad or lonely or afraid or grieving or confused or directionless or devastated or rejected. Now look around. Keep your hands up. Keep your hands up. Yeah. We've all been in those scary, dark places. Look around. We have it in common. We know what darkness feels like, smells like, looks like. We have it in common. We are already connected to each other by our combi, our common experience of being zombies. People who know what it's like to be in the dark and maybe even not feel fully alive at times. Theologian and preacher Barbara Brown Taylor, whom I love, acknowledging how negative and hurtful darkness has been used in our society. Barbara Brown Taylor claims darkness as something that we all experience. She claims darkness as any place or situation where you can't see where you're going. It might be physical or spiritual or emotional, those times where you don't know where you're going and our regular tools just aren't that much help. It doesn't help to pull out our compass or our Apple Maps. We're lost in the dark. And we have to flex some muscles we don't always flex in the light. Muscles of listening to our body. Muscles of putting our hands out and looking for someone around us. Muscles of leaning in to community. Last survey question. Raise your hand if you've ever had anyone help you out of the darkness. Yeah. We've all had people who when we were sad and lonely and grieving and struggling with families like we all do and going through divorce and separation and living through death, we've all had someone call out to us in our dark place. Maybe sit with us in our dark place. We are connected by being zombies and we are connected by having experienced the antidote the light and love of community. Don't get nervous, but we live in a zombie apocalypse. There are so many in our world who are stumbling around in the dark, feeling like there's no way out, looking and waiting. Even in our own little corner of the world, there are people stumbling in the dark. We have an epidemic of loneliness in this country. And as our modern lesson showed us today, we have an epidemic of division and fear that is hurling families and individuals into darkness and chaos. Can we, Virginia Highlands, be the antidote? In our text today, Jesus left Lazarus in the dark for four days. He left him in the dark. I don't think it was easy for Jesus he cried, but he left him there. I've often wondered why. Why did Jesus delay and not come right away when Martha and Mary called for him? The text doesn't tell us, but the text does tell us that Jesus loved Lazarus and he wept at his death. And we know 
that Jesus himself will soon face his own death, his own time in the tomb, and his own resurrection. The darkness is coming for Jesus as well. And he knows it. I used to be terrified of dying. And then my best friend Miles died. And death, though scary, isn't terrifying anymore. Miles did it, so can I. Lazarus did it, so can Jesus. Why does Jesus leave Lazarus to die and be in a tomb? We don't know for sure, the text doesn't tell us. But we do know from experience that darkness is less frightening when someone else who has been in it before is with us. Maybe Jesus needed someone to go into the darkness first and come out on the other side to let him know it's all right. To let him know that Good Friday is coming and Holy Saturday is lonely, but Easter Sunday is on the other side. Maybe even Jesus the Christ needed companionship in the dark. VHC is a unique place. It's a place of people who are willing to raise their hand and say, yes, we have stumbled around in the dark. It is a place of people who are willing to continue stumbling around in the dark to find others. This is a place of community, an antidote to the zombie apocalypse around us. The plot of all great zombie stories requires an antidote, something that restores life to the people of the story. In our text today, Jesus cries out to Lazarus, come out, and he calls the community around him to unbind him and let him go, free him. I found the freeing light and community of Virginia Highlands in 2016. And it wasn't this blinding spotlight, but it was a flashlight that helped me navigate and continues to help me navigate my own way out of darkness out of my own spiritual pain, out of conversion therapy and rejection, out of damnation, and into love. Lent, this time that we're in, can be an intentional time of sitting with some of our own darkness, a time of remembering what it's like to be a zombie. Because they say it takes one to know one. It takes someone who's traveled in the dark to lead someone else out. So be on the lookout for zombies around you, stumbling in the dark. Be on the lookout for your own zombie within, stumbling in the dark, waiting for someone to call out. This morning we're in sacred place, this sacred space that can whisper and sometimes even shout, come out a place where community can unbind you, calls us out of darkness and unbinds us from sexism and hierarchies and worthlessness and homophobia and transphobia and racism and all the racism and the isms that keep us in our tombs. Let's unbind them and set us free. Let them loose, Virginia Highlands. We've been a hundred year beacon of Jesus' relentless call of love and life and community. 
an antidote to the zombie apocalypse. We are a light, VHC. We are an antidote. Let's not keep it to ourselves. May it be so.